0: Hey, podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for the All Saints Lutheran Sermon Series of Podcasts. We're so delighted that you've landed on this page, and we ask that you contextualize yourself by reading the descriptor. Enjoy, and let us know what you think. The Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew up and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Unlike last week, I actually have my sermon this week. Bruns to the power of the Holy Spirit, may God's grace, mercy, and peace be with you through our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We are entering into a new year, which means it is time for those pesky New Year's resolutions. And as we enter into another year of worship and diving into scripture together, I have a resolution or a challenge for you. I challenge you all this next year to pay special attention to the word all. Does all actually mean all? In our gospel reading last week, the angels were speaking to the shepherds in the fields and said, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. In Greek, the word for all is pas or pan, we see a similar pan as a prefix in English. Pantheon means all of the gods. Pandemic, an illness across all the world. Pandemonium, chaos or noise from all around. But the tough thing about this being a prefix in English is when we go and interpret that same all in other languages, it doesn't quite work the same way. You see, in Greek, all means all. All means every single one without exception. When you see this prefix in English, it doesn't quite work that same way. Pandemonium would be chaos all around us. Not everywhere around the world, just right here, pandemonium. As we saw with COVID, a virus can be declared a pandemic before infecting every country, much less every person. It will eventually likely get there, but when it's declared, all doesn't mean all. The Pantheon in Rome, it was a temple for all of the Roman gods, but it didn't count, it didn't include the gods of other na- nations or other religions. But in Greek, all means every without exception. And so when we hear the angel saying, I am bringing you news of great joy for all the people, that means everyone. No exceptions. God's glory and love shown in Christ's birth is not just for you sitting here on a Sunday in church, but it's also for that relative you can't stand. Or the person sitting on the street corner asking for money. God's love extends to all the people we love, and all the people we hate, and the people we ignore. In our text today, the writer of Luke doubles down on this idea, recording Simeon praising God saying, my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people Israel. He contextualizes this all further, noting that all means a revelation to the Gentiles and the people of Israel. He's separating both, but making sure we understand that all means all. In the early church, one of the biggest debates was if Christ's death and resurrection was just for the Jewish people, or if it extended to the non-Jewish community of the Gentiles. Here in Luke, we have a clear proclamation that this is for both. This is for all people, Jew and Gentile. Now, when all gets played out in our communities today, it is too often labeled as simply being politically correct, instead of being correctly identified as living out our Christian vocation to radical hospitality. For example, when I was in seminary, we had a beer and theology event on campus every Thursday night where we would go to a local pub, sit and have a beer with one of our professors, and would talk about deep theological conversations. And everyone was invited. However, I also had four classmates who were recovering alcoholics. And being at that event would put them in too close of proximity to something that would harm them. So even though they were invited, they really weren't invited. And where we said, all are welcome, all weren't welcome. There are a lot of churches, Lutheran churches and otherwise, that use the slogan, all are welcome to invite people to come to worship. But when people arrive as their true selves, they sometimes discover that they aren't welcomed, and some are even asked to leave. This happens all too often for our LGBTQIA siblings, as they are visibly identified as different. All Saints is a reconciling in Christ congregation, which can serve to this community as an indicator that we are a safe congregation for them. But it is still not a guarantee. Their community wants to make sure that they can be their whole selves in worship, and it takes a lot of bravery on their part to face the religious trauma that they have dealt with to even show up at a set of church doors. If we don't live into our Christian vocation of radical hospitality... Being labeled as reconciling in Christ isn't enough. We can still chase them away without meaning to, and despite our best intentions, by not living into our vocation of radical hospitality. I also say this recognizing that we have members of All Saints who belong to the LGBTQIA plus community, and I hope we have continued to show them radical hospitality once they get a membership card. I've not been here long enough to know that that's the case, but I hope that is the case. How we show hospitality to others is a way we can live out how the scriptures define all. This also happens for our siblings of color. As I'm guessing you know, our denomination, the ELCA, is the whitest denomination in the country. As I wrote this sermon this last week, and it was dwelling on that, I realized one of my former coworkers from when I was teaching, he's a black man, and he told me, I can't wait to be at your ordination. He is coming to my ordination, and I can't wait. But as a black man, he is going to be an individual in a sea of whiteness. And if he is not familiar with the, how just how white the ELCA is, not giving him a heads up on that would be really inhospitable. And so I sent him a text on Friday to just be like, hey, I would love to have you there. Also, I want you to know what you're walking into so you can still hopefully feel safe or at least prepared for what what you're walking into because that is really, or can be, really uncomfortable. And he texted me back saying that he really appreciated me letting him know, but he was also not very surprised either. So he clearly knows he lives in Minnesota. This is Lutheran land. He gets it. But it was still a really, at least, it was a good piece of hospitality to make sure he was aware. How we show hospitality to others is a way we can live out how the scriptures define all. I don't want to dwell too much on my ordination, but to be honest, I've been thinking a lot about it. Uh, It feels very similar to planning my wedding, except unlike my wedding, I'm now planning it by myself. And I have one month to plan all of the details with it, which is a little overwhelming. Uh, But it's next week, so what can you do? And in, in the ordination, there's a part of the service where the bishop will say a blessing. And during that blessing, people are invited forward to lay hands on me and to pray over me during this blessing. And when I talked to the bishop a few weeks ago, she said, there's really two ways I can do this. The blessing can either be for all pastors and deacons, everyone who is ordained can come forward and lay their hands on me, or all of the baptized are invited to come forward and lay hands. At first, I liked the idea of all the baptized because it seemed bigger. It seemed like all means all. But as I thought about it more, I began thinking of my friends who are not part of the Christian church, who may not be baptized. And suddenly, even though that seems like a bigger group, it doesn't seem as inclusive, because people who I love, who are dear to me, aren't able to come forwards the same way as everyone else. And then I thought, well, what about just the pastors and the deacons, those who are ordained, where it kind of feels more like the in crowd a little bit? Well, yes, it's more restrictive, but it also kind of feels a little bit more like it's part of the job. Like this is just my coworkers are the ones who are coming up. And so suddenly, even though it's more restrictive, that all felt a little bit more inclusive by being a little more exclusive. By making there be a larger group of people who are not invited forward, there's a lot more solidarity among everyone as opposed to making those few people who weren't baptized feel left out. Does all mean all?" I drove past Hennepin Avenue, United Methodist Church a couple of years ago, and I looked at their sign, And you could see that they used to have those cliched words, "All are welcome" on their sign, but they had been removed. And all that remained was the scar of differently-faded concrete behind where the letters used to be that still said all are welcome, but they weren't advertising it the same way anymore. To me, this told me that they realized that maybe all are not welcome in their community. And when they realized that, they took the words down that advertised a church that they were not living into. And as I continued to ponder that reality... I realized there were kind of three routes they could take if they came to that realization. The easiest, which is also the least hospitable, would have been to do nothing, to leave the words up that were advertising a church that they were not being. But that route would could actively harm people who are marginalized, and so I'm thankful that they didn't do nothing. The second route would be to rem- just remove the words, recognize that they aren't living into their Christian vocation of radical hospitality and make sure they aren't causing undue harm. This is a better route, but it's not a sign of radical hospitality. This is like me texting my coworker, uh, knowing that he will be a singular black man in a sea of white people at my ordination. It's not something I'm proud of. It's the bare minimum. It is the bare minimum level of hospitality to make sure you aren't scaring people away the moment they enter a door. But that is not... What we're being called to. We are called as Christians to a vocation of radical hospitality, meaning we are called not to do what is easy, but to do what is necessary. The third route embraces this and would call for, instead of simply taking down the words on the sign, they could embrace a call to reform themselves and their community so that all people would be welcome, no exceptions. Now their church is not ours. And as I enter into your congregation, our congregation together, I'm coming into it with fresh eyes. And I invite you then this new year to also enter into this with fresh eyes. And identify where we can embrace and where we do embrace our vocation of radical hospitality. And look around and wonder, where do we fall short? And instead of doing the bare minimum, when you notice someplace where we fall short identify it. Point it out. Let us know. Let us work together so we can continue to reform and understand that how we show hospitality to others is a way that we do live out the scriptures. Amen. Amen.